Six Foot Plus, a program of music and more for those who like it spooky. Broadcasting from a remote corner of the front office, found online at sixfootplus.com. Don't freak out. It's only a new episode of Six Foot Plus, the podcast of music and more for those who like it spooky. Find new episodes every Friday over at sixfootplus.com, on iTunes, and on mobile smartphone apps like Stitcher and Dogcatcher. If you subscribe, and please do, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. I made mention of this over at the Facebook page, but I'll clarify it here. I changed a few details so everyone could find this podcast, no matter how you spelled out its title, on iTunes. People just couldn't find the show by typing in six foot plus. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S, into Apple's little search engine. So after a few tweaks here and there, it should work out. So go tell your friends to listen and subscribe. Tell them I sent you. They'll probably ask, who is Strange Jason? Why is he telling me to listen to a horror music podcast? 
and you'll have to figure that out for yourself. Besides, if you haven't found a good reason to why you're listening to this show, well, what can I do for you? Well, I can play you more horror music and bring you another edition of the Monster Bat Minute, as well as another Dr. Gangreen recommended movie of the week. Plus, on top of that, a new edition of Heather Buckley's Obscurities. Wow, I can do a lot for you. You're welcome. Right now, it's Lugosi's Morphine. They've come back from the dead and have been playing shows all around Pennsylvania as of late, so go on out and see them before they see you through Igor's eyeball. Goblin Haas and Goblin Haas Records. Get to GoblinHaas.com, G-O-B-L-I-N-H-A-U-S.com for new horror rock CDs, records, and horrific monster and Halloween collectibles. Need a Frankenstein for your granny, a costume for the kid, or some sounds for your ears? Goblin Haas has it. And now on Goblin Haas Records, strange dreams and graveyard scenes await in Transylvania Mania. The new 13-song full-length record by Monster Agogo, a ripping return to the pogoing days of the Misfits, 45 Grave, and the Dam. Transylvania Mania, available exclusively on CD from Goblin Haas Records. All things spook. Goblin House. Hi, this is Tyler Chase of The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus.
The Grandy Boys with March of the Undead Army and Beat Bats, a side project of some of those of Zombina and the Skeletones. I was a teenage creature. I was supposed to have this episode up for you about two weeks ago. Yeah, this was the show scheduled for the 17th, but I got sick. It got delayed, couldn't run this last week because we had a show lined up to correspond with the full moon, so it's been twice delayed, and that's not even the half of it. I was supposed to bring you a new edition of All This and Gore, but the show lived up to its name, and Tammy and JR included such a huge segment that I'm going to have to split it up. So the good news out of all this is that over the month of June, you'll get a little bit of gore with every episode of Six Foot Plus. June's going to be a big month. I'm going to make an announcement on next week's episode, and there's going to be plenty of great content on tap. We also have the Lugosi's on tap with Night of the Living Dead. Is what they crave. 
This is Debbie Rashawn, and you are listening to the Six Foot Plus Podcast, baby. Listen up. Get your undead dicks out of my drive-in!
The theme to Chillerama by Psychocharger. I was in a bar about a month ago and they were playing Chillerama on one of their TV screens. It was a pretty rad movie and, well, we all should go out and buy it. Though it's not for kids, if you couldn't tell that by listening to the theme song. You have to be careful about what you let kids watch these days. Too many horror movies and cartoons and they end up like Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute. Cool morning, maniacs. <laughs> yes, that's right. It is I, your fiend, yours truly, Monster Matt Patterson and maniacs. I want to refer you to the brothers Bradley. I'm talking, of course, about Dwayne and Blyle those co-joined kooky coconuts from Basket Case. Yes, uh, Dwayne and Blyle are just like you and I, you know. Uh, They do fall into trends, and right now they're a certain type of hipster. They're uh, joined at the hipsters. (laughs) All right. What ice cream joint is owned by Dwayne and Belial? Basket Robins! <laughs> what kind of film do you get by combining Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, it's an actual movie, go look it up, with The Godfather, a film that knows when to take it to the mattresses? <laughs> I heard that if they made this film, that the Craftmatic company is on, wait for it, headboard. Oh, wow, 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 wow. That one, that one hurt, and I wouldn't be surprised if you came and short cheated my bed just for that one. Woof, sorry, maniacs. Uh, Moving right along, moving right along. Uh, Let me see here, lunch meat might get rebooted. The director is rumored to be Oscar Mayer. (laughs) And also rumored to be lead actor is Sal, uh, what's his last name? Lamy. Yeah, Sal Lamy. Oh, wow. (laughs) Bet you didn't see that one coming. All right, all right, all right. What Peter Jackson film is about an anti-inflammatory drug-induced rat monkey that bites a woman who dies and comes back to life wreaking havoc? Dead Alive! <laughs> oh, wow, try saying that one five times uh, in any succession. <laughs> that one hurt me. Wow. All right, and uh, moving right along, this is your final punishment. Uh, what do you get by combining a Tennessee Williams story with the film Street Trash? A street trash named Desire. <laughs> if it were ever to be made, it should be filmed in Flushing, New York. Oh. Sorry, dear maniacs, I hate to leave you on a sour note like that. Ooh, wow. But 
This has been my time. I truly appreciate it. And I appreciate you, dear maniacs. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. You just survived the Monster Matt Minute with Monster Matt Patterson. To find out more about Monster Matt, his adventures, and to read his new horror comedy comic, head over to Ha Ha Horror, found online at hahahorror.com.
Adam and his package, I'm downright amazed at what I can destroy with just a hammer. And the Casket Girls with Sleepwalking, which is kind of a side project of Black Moth Super Rainbow, The Marshmallow Ghosts, and other stuff I normally don't play on this show. Surprise! Didn't expect that, did you? Are you amazed I haven't told you about Six Foot Plus and GDL 16's social media accounts? I'm flabbergasted that I've gone this long into an episode without telling you to follow at GDL 16 and at Six Foot Plus on Twitter. Or that you should go to Facebook.com slash GraveDiggersLocal and Facebook.com slash Six Foot Plus. Crazy, isn't it? I thought I'd be totally on top of that by now. Huh, I'm off my game. Truth is, my alter ego, the one that goes out into the world to make the money that keeps Six Foot Plus and Gravediggers Local 16's hosting going, well, he just got a new job. He, or really I should say I, am adjusting, and I have been tired. Man, I'm glad Friday has rolled around. I'm gonna, once I get home tonight, I am popping in a movie and just kicking back to relax, and who better to consult for recommended viewing than Dr. Gangrene? This is Dr. Gangreen, physician of fright, horror host from the Nashville, Tennessee area, coming back to you again with another recommended movie of the week. And this week, we've got a little fishy tale, because I'm uh, kind of been in the mood for some fish sticks, and that's exactly what we got here. Boy, that was corny. Anyway, that's what we got. Tonight's movie is Piranha. Piranha. 1978, Joe Dante classic. You know Joe Dante, right? The guy that directed The Howling and Gremlins. He's done a lot of great stuff. Joe Dante is a really fun director, and this is a really fun movie because you get to see a lot of teenagers eaten alive, the flesh stripped off their... This movie would it would not be made in today's day and time, at least not the way it was here, because you're just not going to get to see campers attacked by uh, piranha like that. So uh, let's take a look at a, a snippet from this, will we? Lost River, take 32. And action. Lost River is lost no more. Yes, friends, you can be part of a modern ecological miracle. Acres and acres of reclaimed land nestled in a scenic mountain valley, site of the newly formed Lost River Lake. You'll find swimming, sailing, snorkeling. There's something strange in the water at Lost River Lake. Something you can't see, something you can't feel, until it's too late. Started in a Texas pond. Farmer! Why is there something in here? David! David! Well, it's still watching. It's the quickest way to know if they're down there or not. What are you doing? You trained a pond? Yes, we found You let them out! They were unleashed into America's waterways to churn quiet streams into rivers of living death. Keep your hand out of the water. Ow! What's wrong with the water? Dad! Stay back! Dad! Stay back! Dad! The world of carnivorous fish. Piranha, the deadliest man-eaters of all. In schools of hundreds, they attack and devour anything that moves with razor-sharp teeth that can strip a man to the bone in less than a minute. There'll be no way to contain them. They'll be able to swim up every river system in the country. There's a school of piranha heading straight downstream towards your resort. 
They'll kill us. All of us. Science fiction. Oh, you're not even going to say that word. What the piranhas? What about the piranhas? They're eating the guests, sir. They're here. They're hungry. Piranha. You know, there's a funny story. Now, I'm not 100% sure I got this right, but you know what? I've never let the facts stand in the way before, so we're going to say it anyway. But the way I understand it is that... Uh, well, you know, after Joe Dante and the fellas made this movie that Spielberg thought that it resembled Jaws a little too much, and they actually sued them, which is kind of funny because they wound up later working on another motion picture together. What was that, Cameron? Twilight Zone, the movie. Twilight Zone, the movie. That's right. So they wound up working on Twilight Zone, the movie, together years later, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, I actually got to show Piranha on my TV show there, the WB-58 Creature Feature with Dr. Gangrene. But unfortunately, it wasn't this version. It was the remake. But I was just glad to show some uh, cannibalistic fish. I guess it's not cannibals if you're eating humans. Anyway, flesh-eating fish on the uh, scareways of Middle Tennessee. So anyway, this is Dr. Gangrene. If you enjoyed this, be sure and click that subscribe button up there and uh, up there, wherever it's at. And uh, join it, and you'll see us every get to know whenever we put a new one of these up. And to find out more information about us, be sure and join us on the web at www.drgangreen.com. See you later.
Ashlyn Yenny from the Human Centipede Films, and you are listening to Six Foot Plus. that voodoo to turn your drab style into something supernatural? The twin power of VoodooSugar.com will put the magic back into your step. Pins, buttons, bags of all shapes and sizes, tees, stickers, magnets, and more. High quality, low prices. That's that's for one. one. VoodooSugar.com. Cool swag for the living and living dead.
Biker of the Apocalypse by The Ice Picks. And that was sandwiched in between Dr. Void and the Death Machines, as well as Kill Baby Kill, playing a song from their new album, Corridor X. We're coming up shortly to our annual Best of the Year So Far episodes. If you're in a band or know of one who has released an album, an EP, or even a single this year, in the first six months of 2013 let me be specific about that you should let me know so we can celebrate your achievement on those episodes you can reach me by social media or by email contact at sixfootplus.com that's the number six f-t-p-l-u-s we're about to head out to talk with Heather Buckley for another installment of Odd Securities, but before we go, let me speak about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Or actually, let me talk to you about how I don't have to say anything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You see, the Faculty of Horror had a splendid episode recently that featured Stuart Feedback Andrews of the Rue Morgue podcast. 
Andrea Subasetti and Alex West talked with Stewart all about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Though it gets casually mentioned in passing during this episode of HBO's, you really should head on over to the Halls of Academia at facultyofhorror, all one word, .podomatic.com and listen to that episode of Faculty of Horror. Heck, subscribe and listen to all of them. It's a really wonderful show. All right, let's go to New Jersey. Welcome to Heather Buckley's Obscurities. I'm Strange Jason. We're here in the nerve center of horror known as Buckley Manor in scenic New Jersey. It's a nice sunny day out. The, uh, the, the toxic waste is uh, dancing nicely in the dew. Please welcome Miss Heather Buckley. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? It is true. Today is a low toxic waste day, so I'll actually be able to go outside. I don't know. I don't understand why people hate on New Jersey. I've never really had a bad experience here. I think when they come out of the airport, they're inundated by all the chemical plants oh, and the smell okay. of that. I will say that around Elizabeth. Oh, okay. I will say Newark. Newark was a bad place, but that I just chalk up to airport. Not so much New Jersey. Newark and Camden. I do tell people I live in the third worst part of Jersey City. Oh, oh, oh. only the third. How many more other parts are there? There's, there's, there's a few. I mean, the other two left would probably be Grove and Downtown, which are, which are very nice, and probably around the, around the dock area. But it pretty much goes, you know, Greenville, Journal Square, the Heights, Grove, and so then just Downtown is beautiful. You're, so you're, you're, not, you're, you're right in that little middle area. But I am. You've got the edge, but... Little edge. A little edge. Not as edgy. It's like it's like it's like the edge is is lower than Newark or Philadelphia. Okay, well, uh, it's good. I'm 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 glad I won't be like shot or mug when I go home. No. <laughs> Here's hoping. Heather Buckley's work has been published in Fangoria magazine online at dreadcentral.com and throughout the horror universe, the whole universe. She is of many talents, I can attest to that, one of which is being highly knowledgeable about films, horror films, or just general films in general, that have been often overlooked or underappreciated by us, the rank and file of monsters everywhere. And so she's here to help us out and give these odd, off-the-beaten-path films a second chance at the spotlight. So what are we talking about this time? In 1999, a film came out called Ravenous. There was a little buzz in the horror community that this is a film. It's really good. You should watch it. So I sat down one day and watched Ravenous. It's a story. It happens during a Civil War fort. Cold happens, winter, famine. One of the soldiers finds a guy who's lived sort of on his own, but they found out he's lived on his own out in a cave while stuck because he's a cannibal. Oh. And it becomes oh, okay. this philosophical fight of what it means to eat people and consume them. Okay. So I, I can't think of any philosophical cannibalism films out there, 
but this would sort of be the one. So you have two characters. You have um, Guy Pierce's uh, characters, the good captain, versus Robert Carlyle, this the 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 the, the, the cannibal colonel. Mm-hmm. And there's they sit down and there's discussion. It's like you know, don't you want to observe your enemy? Don't you want to be stronger? And then at the end, when they both sort of eat you know, people is that it's almost like a scanner's battle to the, to, to the, to the death because it's based on the idea when the old school native folk would eat one another, mm-hmm. that they would grasp their power. So that's how cannibalism works in this film. Another key to it is the amazing soundtrack. Oh, what's that? Well, I don't know at the moment who did, who did the soundtrack because... My geekdom lies uh, lies elsewhere, but it's just it could be comparable to something uh, that Philip Glass did in uh, did in Candyman. Oh. It's a it's a little it's a little oh. it's a little magical. There's a little sort of fairy tale as, a, aspect to it. It's very it's very strong. Why I recommend this film is because again, it's a small film. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but they've there's great acting in it, and the concept is new. Again, a lot a lot of films that that, that I've discussed. It's it's like independent new spins on stuff that exists already. So we've all heard about the Donner Party. We've all watched our, our cannibalism film. Mm-hmm. But to but again to to, to, mm-hmm. to get an ensemble cast because even like you know, Jeffrey Jones is in it, and we sort of we love we we love Je- Je- Jeffrey Jones to get an ensemble independent character actor cast write great dialogue for them and then give us some gore and some splatter and philosophy. It's almost like it's a hidden gem. It's like, oh, I'm watching a, a, a film about cannibalism. You would not expect that kind of performance or just a focus on performance, focus on cinematography, focus on music, mm-hmm. focus on um, mm-hmm. the philosophy of cannibalism. It's not expected, especially for a film with such a lord title like Ravenous. And it also had a major release too, right? It, it it did. It was was out there, but again, nobody nobody saw it. I just heard it through the rumblings of the horror community, probably in the uh, in in the two thousands. That I just I, I got a copy and I went, this is this is some solid stuff. And I guess that, that that's that, that's sort of the that's sort of word for a lot of these films. It's like in the end, they're they're really quirky, but they're also they're also really solid. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make a film. They wanted to tell a story, and you can tell that from the from the production value and how they how they put that stuff together. Now, I don't know much about this. I've seen some scenes of it, and I agree that it's solid. But correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be David Arquette's best work. He's in this, right? I don't know. I love I loved David Arquette and uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Oh, who was he in there? Was he, he... he played, um, uh, what is it, uh, Blue, Blue, Blue Perry's uh, friend, the guy oh, from okay. 90210. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the only thing I really remember from that is uh, Paul Rubens. He was he stole that film. He did. He did. He's great, and I'll, and let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there who love Buffy the Vampire the series. I'm not one of them, but I do I do love the movie as sort of like it's a, a '90s '80s movie. Now, comparing to the previous installments of HBO's, uh, we talked about uh, different effects and cinematography. How would you compare? ravenous to edge of sanity or possibly habit a lot of these films are relying on style either realistic with habit a lot of um, artificial stylization like edge of sanity and this they're, they're trying to be authentic to a civil war time 
but again, they're dealing with 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 ideas, dialogue, acting, and it's just pretty much just pretty much blood effects. I mean, the three films that I've mentioned before, they're not heavy on 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 special effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you would think about it, if you did a little little fanfic, it's like they're because I think they're trying to make a like a real film. Yeah, yeah. I thought a real film doesn't have spe- spe- special effects, mm-hmm. but it's not like uh, some of the other. So we're going to mention in the series that are sort of like all about the monster effect, and we watch it because we 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 love the creature design, we like the the, the havoc that they're doing. But if you're not destroying everything or or creating a huge body count, maybe these are alternative ways to deal with the genre. The genre sort of and 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 metaphors for love and destructive relationship. The the idea of um, just a strange fairy tale. Retelling of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, but making it more about the time where it was made, mm-hmm. the eighties, you know. And and this is sort of like a time capsule. I mean, it feels like it feels like a it feels like a nineties film, but it's it's it, they're all trying to be legitimate in their own way. Now, for this, what would you? How would you rate the special effects and the gore for those out there who are kind of interested in seeing? actual cannibalism i think if you want to see actual cannibalism i would suggest that you you watch like cannibal holocaust yeah whereas this is more the philosophical discussion of the merits of eating the merits of, of eating people to survive there's almost a bit of capital capitalism in it mm-hmm. about you know surviving off the bodies of others which was covered in texas chainsaw massacre too yeah, the talk of uh, how a small businessman just can't make it anymore. That's right. How they're always getting it in the ass after he got a chainsaw in his ass. The, the late great Jim Cito, which I love. Uh, rest in peace. In pieces. Rest <laughs> in pieces, yes. If you ever meet uh, Edwin Neal, who played the hitchhiker in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. he does a very awesome Jim Cito impersonation. Um, that's it's crossing the crossing the streams in my brain right now, so that's just amazing. And also horrifying. So I was talking to him about the uh, the possibility of doing a, a Texas vaudeville massacre. Oh my god! <laughs> and so he was doing shtick for that. Oh. It was a hundred years ago. I think that was the first convention that I uh, covered for Dread Central. Back when, uh, back in the earlier parts of HB, it's not AD, it's not BC, it's HB. That's right. When I when I when I appeared. So ravenous. I um definitely available. Is there any are there different versions that you'd recommend or is it just No, it's just it's just that one version. I mean, if you want to sit and watch like a, a, a small solid horror film. Definitely a rec- uh with a philosophical bent. Slightly slightly philosophical bent. I think a lot of the films that that I recommended there's there's great dialogue on it, great, great rants and scenes because as of myself of someone who talks a lot like I enjoy a lot of ranting, great dialogue, mm-hmm. memorable dialogue. I like when your, you know, antagonist sits there covered in blood talking about the merits of cannibalism in a most eloquent and fascinating way in the middle of a snowbound Civil War fort. Well, clearly, if you're going to have to talk about cannibalism, make sure that you're covered in blood. It presents your argument in a positive way. And uh, I guess, like, like everyone's very su- super articulate and cool. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, when we were talking about Habit, it's like the, the characters have very interesting dialogue. They're very cool. They're all characters you want to hang out with. You know, you, you want to hang out in the strange world of Edge of Sanity because it's incredibly, uh, incredibly fantastic. You kind of want to listen to the characters sort of talk about these sort of philosophies of, you know, war, cannibalism. It's very interesting. Well, with that said, I would have to, well, yeah, I am a little bit hungry. I was going for a bad joke, but it's honesty. 
Other than that, it's a it's it's a film. It's a film you should see. I mean, some of these films are films that I'm obsessed with, and other ones that I'm just sort of recommending as like really really great horror films. I mean, when I watched it, would stay would stayed with me. It's like they're attempting again. They're attempting to they they cast some great actors. They're attempting to tell a story. They're attempting to do something new. And so this is what so so it's sort of outside of what sort of Hollywood. Hollywood does because I mean Hollywood is a is a big money game so you so you don't want to experiment that much but with something like Ravenous it's like think about like pitching it to a Hollywood exec it's like it's Civil War and there's eating of people and Kai, Kai Pierce is in and it we're going and to Queen of the Desert we're going to have huge swaths of discussion and heavy ideas about the pros and cons of consuming your fellow man yeah I. I don't think that could get made today. And you can, you, yeah, you can only you could do it, but it's like you have to do it on an independent, small level. You're not going to get these in in, in in big films. And if you talk about a double feature, I would almost watch Ravenous with Parents. Okay, what's that? Oh, Parents is, um, I believe, Bob Balaban directed it. Stars Randy Quaid. It is another film that deals with uh, cannibalism in a metaphoric way this time about suburbia so you have a mother and father one of the the fathers uh, the father is played by randy quaid and the mother are both cannibals cannibals and they're trying to get their son to eat human flesh too oh and it's the and it's a very very dark comedy so it, it deals with satire so it's very uncomfortable to watch <laughs> okay. It would probably be a horror film, but it's almost like horror satire. It's it's you know it's it's in its own its own little place. But here and then it it talks about eating each other and 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 sexuality because there's a whole like blood cannibalism orgy scene with with Randy Quaid and his wife. More less less of many people, more of a blood orgy. If you uh, if those words are together, that uh, the son walks in on like there's there there's scenes like that. And the father like removes the flesh to sort of feed the feed the family because the father goes out to earn a living, you know, feeds his family. It's definitely something to take the edge off of uh, yeah. of ravenous. So 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 ravenous and parents is probably what I would what would watch together. But I feel most of your most of your folks have probably seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. But that would also make sense because they're talking about you know war, eating people, using people, consumerism. You know, sub- suburbia is a place where you know you're just. I think cannibalism was sort of like one of the subtle the subtle elements of this, of Texas too, whereas it's maybe the forefront of both ravenous and parents. Parents. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two was about about capitalism mm-hmm. and cannibalism. And parents, I assume it's about the, uh, the the loneliness in in suburbia, and just the rat race, like the subtle rat race, and sort of like the the, the dying of the senses, being out, you know, in track housing with white picket fences. Mm-hmm. Also, a little touch of what is the darkness that happens there, which we sort of see in Blue Velvet, the whole beginning scene with a guy has a stroke when the father has a stroke falls down and there's like all these beetles all over the place. So it's talking about sort of the darkness that happens there in the hidden world. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and, and Ravenous aren't really about the hidden world. While parents certainly, certainly is 
is that what darkness lasts? You know, you, we don't know our neighbors anymore. Like back in the day, like when my, my, when my, my parents were around, it's like they knew everyone up and down the block in Jersey City. Mm-hmm. Now they're mysterious places, and what do they what do they do with each other? What are they doing to their children? What are we feeding our children and nourishing them on? It's like flesh, violence, blood. And so I think think if you, you give a deeper reading of parents, it's about that. It seems like we've uh, we came in for a little bit of a bite and ended up with a nice uh, feast of uh, movies that are definitely meant to be checked out. Of course, Texas Chainsaw Two always a recommendation. But on top of this, a uh, I'd say an extra value meal of ravenous and parents. I mean, just for the. Uh, the blood orgy on its own and what's and what's interesting is that parents came out in 1999 and here we're dealing with uh in 1999 yeah the, some sort of cannibal cycle man and here we are in 2013 with cannibal cops as well it all comes together <laughs> here in jersey okay well, definitely go out. Parents is still ava- parents is available. I think parents came available at some point. I don't know if it's still in print. No. It was difficult to get in print for a while, but I bet if someone went on eBay, you can probably get DVDs of it, or it was definitely on VHS. I believe that I rented it probably at Video Magic when I was 14 years old. But again, it's Ravenous is interesting to watch. Par- parents is more difficult to watch. I think a satire gives you sort of that uncomfortable edge. I'm not I'm just taunting. It's taunting. It's trying to show you. It's like, look, this is how the world is, and you can't get away from my point of view or my gaze. Sorry, I thought you said glaze. I guess I am hungry. Okay. <laughs> I have some chili in the fridge, but be careful of the hard shell peppercorns. Oh, uh, what, what is is there meat in the chili? There is. It's, that's what makes it special. Is it's all in the meat. It's all in the meat. Thanks, Heather.
Beast in the Cave by Hyde. Guess what I got in the mail this week, listener? My ticket to night two of Ghoul's Night Out. Yep, I'll be headed to Clifton, New Jersey on July 21st, but you should try to make it out to the show on both days, the 20th and the 21st, mainly because due to a noise ordinance on Dingbats, that's the club where Ghoul's Night Out 2013 is happening, the show is going to be over sometime around 10 p.m. on Sunday, and most of the bands have been shifted over to Saturday. Well, what can you do? You can buy a ticket to see the bulk of the 25 bands playing Ghoul's Night Out this year on Saturday, July 20th. Theater Zombies, The Renfields, Bathory Boys, Black Cat Attack, Switchblade Syndicate, and Vagora will all take the stage on Saturday, while Sunday will feature Kitty in a Casket, The Big Bad, Argyle's Ghoulsby, Bad Hormones, and this week's GNO band, The Crypt Keeper 5. Rockabilly Hellcats. Girls running in packs who learn the naked facts of life too young. Just in clothes from cats like us. Don't tell me you've never rode a hot rod or had a late date in the second balcony. These girls shop online all hours of the night at catslikeus.com and they get what they want. 
t-shirts, tight dresses, handbags, and more, these girls are dressed to kill. Too young to be careful, too tough to be afraid. I get my kicks at Cats Like Us, city of Tonawanda. This is Chris Alexander, editor in chief of Fangoria magazine, and you're listening to six, 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 foot, 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 plus, 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 plus. Listen, listen often. I do.
The Brimstones, Surf and Sinner. If my name was Charlie, I wouldn't surf, but my name is Jason, and I don't because I just don't know how. I do know it's the end of this episode of Six Foot Plus. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Subscribe, rate, review, and recommend this podcast, and most of all, have a good weekend. If you want more Six Foot Plus until the next episode on next Friday, well, at Six Foot Plus on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Six Foot Plus. Don't forget to read GravediggersLocal.com, the home of Gravediggers Local 16, because some cool stuff can be found there. The Necrobats and Her Name Was Sin will end this shindig. Go dig up some new shins, listener. I'll wait here until you're done. Remember, when it comes to digging, it's really all in the wrist. Episode 61, Shock-O-Rama. Shock-O-Rama.
This has been Six Foot Plus, a GDL 16 production. To support, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Shivala, Yvonne. Urban Graveyard Lounge Music, performed by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute can be found online at hahahorror.com. Dr. Gangreen's Movie Recommendations of the Week, courtesy of Dr. Gangreen. Heather Buckley appeared courtesy of Liberty and Prosperity, as well as Blood and Guts. To find out about all the music you heard on this episode, as well as all past episodes and all those important links, go to Six Foot Plus. That's the number 6, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com. <laughs>